Distraction-free bonding. Imagine if that head trash was not there. Who would you be? What if I told you those fears were no longer a problem? What would you do? I'm Stephanie Costello, a mom of three, wife, and avid mountaineer. Beyond all of these, I am, very much like you, an average person trying to navigate this thing we call life. My goal with this podcast is to bring to light the truth about what intimacy really is. You may smile, feel called out, or learn something new. Either way, you will learn you are in control. Today I have the pleasure of sharing with you Dr. Christy Lopez and Dr. Brian Curtis. Dr. Brian Curtis is the founder of Fossil Crates, an online store that allows you to bring the museum home by providing museum-grade casts and exclusive artwork of dinosaurs and other paleo creatures in paleontological-themed packages. Dr. BC, as he is known, is a dinosaur paleontologist who has studied dinosaurs in six continents and lectured all over the world. A sauropod specialist, Dr. BC is responsible for eliminating Ultrasaurus, Dystylosaurus, and Seismiosaurus, as well as demonstrating Supersaurus is the longest dinosaur yet discovered. Dr. Curtis recently released an online course that helps dinosaur lovers go from dino fan to dino expert. Dr. Christy Lopez is in addition to being Dr. Curtis's wife, is a psychologist and has worked with children, families, couples, and high-stress professionals. She currently contributes to both fossil crates as well as helps other therapists and counselors make a great impact with their clients. We're super passionate about families bonding and having educational experiences in the home. So use the word control and the code word control and you will get a free Velociraptor on top of all the other claws uh, based on the crate that you select on fossilcrates.com. And now I bring you Dr. Christy and Dr. Brian. So tell me about your, what got you into wanting to be a paleontologist? Like where did this journey start for you? As a fetus. <laughs> forever. I mean, the reality is I don't remember a time where there weren't dinosaurs in my life. Um, you know, I was the typical, every, every seemingly most children go through a dinosaur phase, mm. but mine started earlier and never stopped. So in elementary school, it was always about the dinosaurs. In middle school, it was about scribbling and drawing dinosaurs and reading and consuming everything pre-internet days, which meant every library book known to humankind that had been written. I had managed to get my hands on. I learned how the library systems work and went up, just wanted to study them. I, I was fascinated by them. And uh, it continued on into college. I went to college, didn't have any clothes. The first one to go to college in my family. So we didn't know what to expect. We show up and uh, it turns out not all colleges are created equal. I went up to a place without dinosaurs, but that didn't deter me much. So I still played with bones. They were human bones. I went into physical anthropology okay. and then uh, pursued a master's and a PhD chasing dinosaurs and geology and then anatomical sciences. And then uh, I went back in 2010 and started a PhD program to study educational technology to understand how this, because as a paleontologist, I was one of the origins of items. So how do we get to the education system we have today? W where did it come from? Where is it mm -hmm. going? So the, all, uh, what would you say? Alternative, non-traditional 
educational paradigms I looked yes. at. But it I all tied it. back into dinosaurs because dinosaurs are such a bonding nuclear family event and that they have such a sway over children and they're so useful just to talk about all aspects of life through paleo. Absolutely. We have uh, probably like four dinosaur books in, in our home that are the one of the most common books that are used. And it's, it is interesting how it's a commonality that just is a naturally a part of childhood, male or female. And I love how you didn't classify a gender and you were specific in, in across the board. Uh, it's really great. And then Dr. Christie, how about yourself? How did you, what, where did your path start? For psychology or dinosaurs? Yeah. It's, it's like, well, dinosaurs, I'm assuming with Dr. Brian. Yeah, this was the yeah. best. Yeah. So psychology-wise, um, it's kind of similar. Like, I just, as a kid, was always fascinated by human behavior and then observing. So, like, even in grade school, I would kind of, I would observe my friends at school. And then if I had opportunity to see them at their house with their siblings, and then just to see the similarities or differences between the siblings or how they were at school versus how they were at home. Yeah. Um, so even like my, you know, elementary school science fair projects were all psychology related. So I, I'm one of those people who actually knew what I wanted to be, even though I didn't know what it was called at first, um, but went straight that way, like undergraduate psychology, you know, undergraduate clinical psychology, and then master's PhD program for clinical psychology. So I just kind of went all the way through knowing that that's what I wanted to do. That's awesome. And so it's, there's very clear commonalities, even though you wouldn't think that there's a a commonality between psychology and a paleontologist, your average civilian wouldn't necessarily think that there's huge commonalities in between the two of you and and your foundation, your core foundational beliefs and uh, education and so much more. It's, I love how that there's such that similarity there. And then to bring into uh, the fossil crates, I, I'm really excited to have the both of you on uh, because one of my big things in my work that I do is you are in control. That's my big overarching message. And parents feel that they're not in control of their kids nowadays, especially with tech and how tech is just completely taking charge. And there's these uh, today's episode is distraction free bonding and how to bond over educational materials or something that is in your environment that's not a tech or computer, you know, TV, whatever it is. And people always talk about, oh, we have, well, and I'll ask like, what do you do with bonding with your family? And well, we have movie night. It's like, okay, that's not bonding. Um, that's, that's distraction. And you're not connecting with each other. And then they're, and then they question like, why are we so disconnected? So please share me. I, and I watched your video about the, uh, the Santa Claw and I love your, <laughs> the way you put it. It was super cute. Um, I, I'm, I know a lot of moms and a, a lot of parents who really are searching for that extra opportunity to actually be able to bond and connect with their child at their child's level. Uh, so please share more. So here's the Santa claw. <laughs> yeah. This is a hand claw of a 20 foot long animal. So I show you this because the great T-Rex has a claw that's much smaller. Wow. At far heavier. And the way when we ship a fossil crate, it has inside of it printed information. So when we started, uh, one of the big items that we felt strongly about was having that tactile feel of a print. It's not electrons on a glowing rectangle and it's an info sheet. Sure, you can go to Wikipedia or you can go to a number of dinosaur related websites, but now you're firing up 
the electrons and you're going into that gl glowing screen and you're not conversing. So when our crates show up, they're in a box, you open the box, there's a burlap sack with wood shavings, just like what we do in the field. Yeah. You open it, there's artwork, there's certificates, there's information sheets. We try to make it as experiential as possible. So if you and with your children want to sprawl it on the floor, you'll have some information on each of the bones that you just purchased, the casts, as well as some uh, two-pager about the information on the animal itself as well. So we try to make it a, a contained experience to where they can get at least a first good solid round of discussions without having to go right to a computer. Yeah, and, and that brings back even uh, when you were mentioning earlier as a kid going to the library. You know, maybe kids go to the library, but now there's toys everywhere in libraries and there's computers everywhere and they can listen to the, you know, they put the headphones on and listen to the book. And so there's all this, the library was the bonding place and now it's distraction filled rather than bonding around education. So I love how you're really bringing both of that home. And like you said, you could go on Wikipedia, but you don't need to because now you have all the information in, in that one spot. What I would say is you have enough information to engender conversation and to have some now what you can end up with is a scientific method. We're starting with something and now I'm going to ask questions. Well, why is Spinosaurus's claw so much larger than Tyrannosaurus rex's? Well, it doesn't, it, it gives some hints in the literature that we provide. But then, of course, there's a whole series of YouTube videos, Instagram posts, Facebook posts. I mean, we have social media to back it up. Yeah. But my initial thought is when they open it up and have it, it's pretty cool and exciting for them that they can have that parents. And one of the items that I found, uh, I, I give lots of talks throughout the years on kids of school age kids from pre-K all the way up to middle school. Oh, cool. And what I find in classrooms is the children love dinosaurs because a couple of reasons. One, they're big and they're scary and they're terrifying, but they're also extinct. So yeah. you can play with these big claws and jaws and sharp pointy things and you can imagination and it allows your imagination to go crazy because part two, the adults ha don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. So this is a scenario where it's constantly evolving. So the dinosaur information my parents had growing up was out of date by the time I was a, a wee lad. And so I could go home and teach my parents. And the words, like Pachycephalosaurus, that's 18 characters long. Uh, your average adult looks at it and kind of shrugs. They can't yeah. handle Suuasia. The child is actually in a position of authority and so is able to an agency and they have control yep. in the way that they don't anywhere else. It's always regurgitate the answer. Right. They're looking for codification and a rubric to measure against. And when you get into the realm of dinosaurs, all bets are off. And yeah. the paleontologist can't decide feathered, not feathered, scavenger or hunter. And mm -hmm. these are items we debate and the children get brought in and they have wonderful ideas. So I think that one of the great appeals to dinosaurs is it allows the children to lead. And explore. It just and be a child rather than be in the the ability to just spread your wings and think endlessly without being in a confined circle that is in this very specific box or you know shape that society is saying you have to fit into. And when you bring that into the home where there are all of these confinements about putting your laundry away a certain way and making your bed a certain way, putting your shoes in a certain spot, right? This just gives that ability to just be free uh, and not have to 
fit into a, a box. That's one of my big things in life. Uh, tell me how I fit in a box. I'll tell you how I don't fit in that box. And so I love to be create that opportunity um, for people to also feel that freedom of not having to be stuffed in a box. Yeah. And there's such diversity, I think, of dinosaurs, not only just of dinosaurs, but prehistoric features altogether. So they can choose which kind of path to go down and what to further shark, look into. Not dinosaur. Megalodon. It's a big shark tooth from uh, Megalodon. Wow. And uh, the diversity, the fact that the answers are unknown, and it's a visual medium as well for those yeah. children that like to draw. There are so many wild shapes and you really, you can't tell them they're wrong just because mm -hmm. we haven't found it doesn't mean it didn't exist. When Jurassic Park was written, they envisioned the Velociraptor in Jurassic Park is what, 12 feet long, five feet tall, weighs a couple hundred pounds. Yeah. The real life Velociraptor, 30 pounds tops. It's a oh, turkey. Wow. So okay. Hollywood created this animal. However, as Jurassic Park came out, Utah Raptor was discovered and it was an animal that was actually the larger than the Velociraptor in the movie. So it was a case where science imitated art, which stole from science. And <laughs> yeah. so anyone who had drawn a giant Raptor as a kid and been told they were wrong is now vindicated and justified. We just yeah. hadn't found it yet. Right. So tell me though, you just showed like four different claws or in a tooth, right? So uh, are those all in one crate or are they different crates? Uh, these are lifted from different crates. So this okay. is the uh, Santa Claus crate, yes. which is this, which is our new, brand new, unnamed, as of yet, unnamed Mega Raptor, which is not your traditional Raptor. This is the largest Raptor. It's a toe claw. This is a hand claw. Okay. And the third piece is the T-Rex. So T-Rex is 43 feet long and 16,000 pounds, and that's his hand claw. This animal, this is a toe claw of a 17 foot long thousand pound beast and this goes to a 20 foot long thousand pound animal wow. so right away you talk about functional morphology and one of the cool things with paleo is if you actually talk to the children paleontology spans its taxonomy it's greek it's latin mm. it requires the concept of food webs ecology evolution uh, all kinds of grouping and and characteristics that help throughout life. I worked at a call center to pay bills and okay. all of the prospecting tools that I learned to try to find dinosaurs translated to trying to find clients on a, on a telephone. Isn't that so, interesting? So it was a, a wonderful transfer and paleo yeah. is one of those disciplines because it is so diverse. It's the last of the Renaissance fields because you need to know a lot mm. about a lot that uh, it, 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 if anyone gets interested and then most people step out and they may go into another steam type area but the information that they've learned is helpful throughout their entire journey through life. Right. Even Making if they don't more, know it. Yeah, exactly. Giving them those, those core foundational skills, which is why bringing this to home, so homes, bringing this to people's homes is such a great place to start that is because there is, it's not taught, right? And, you know, if we're not taught what we need to know at a young age for the core foundational skills, emotional, behavioral communication skills, then it's, it's, it's very rarely learned uh, from school and whatnot, meaning in grade school and so on. There's no specific class that teaches it, which brings in uh, Dr. Christie, your work and how you're helping. Uh, I know you're helping count counselors now, but you've helped tons of people. So tell me more about your experience with how you bring stuff like this into uh, the work that you do. Yeah, so so it was kind of interesting because, um, you know, 
when my path of dinosaurs started, <laughs> Dr. BC here, um, I, I didn't really think about the crossover or how similar or, you know, how this could even kind of mesh together. And then when fossil crates came to be, and this kind of evolution of the business, I was like, oh my gosh, there's like so much psychology behind this and things that are psychology related, like what you guys were just discussing and what I think you were kind of focusing on, you know, parents and children being able to bond mm. and bond over something that the child is interested in mm. and not only bond, but, you know, when parents are present, so they're very present and here's a tangible thing, you know, here's a tangible item that we can be present on together and then the parent can talk to their not only talk to their child but interact with their child let their child lead imaginative play like there's all this stuff that can happen that all that falls into the psychology realm too about development and how you bond and how children grow and how children learn and how parents transfer skills. I mean, like, so I was just yeah. like, wow, there's like a lot of overlap. And here. it's not something that lights up and makes noises. You know, you put it, oftentimes the kids will get toys where they buy something that the parent will put together with them. And it's sort of child led, but not really because the parent's trying to read the instructions and making sure it's put together correctly. And then the kid goes destroy it and the parent gets frustrated, right? Or the kid is playing with it and completely distracted by whatever movement it's making. I'm thinking like Hot Wheels, you know, tracks that the car just keeps going in circles and whatnot where this is one physical tangible item but the knowledge you know the interaction and with that tangible item and all the knowledge that comes along with it uh, even if the kid is guiding the parent is also learning um, how to learn from their child and and it's just so exciting so fascinating you have such a great uh you know the the, the way it works together and something that again I would have never have thought how how well it works it fits so well together thank you i love it you're welcome yeah and like she showed a tyrannosaurus rex tooth i mean it's what kid doesn't want to run around yeah, yeah and, and it's a, like a killer banana and it's chomping away yeah. and they can go and just play right and, and that's something that is lost and and the play isn't just digital playing mm-hmm. now i will admit i played with my children the uh xbox 360 Lego games and they were wonderful playing side by side building destroying and we played with Legos without the technology as well there's a time and place for it but too often everyone's buried in their phones the adults and the children and there's not that interactivity that our society is is it's almost like we're speciating and I'm curious to see what the next this generation's children as tech continues to become more and more experiential i mean i have an oculus vr one of the virtual headsets mm. and that's that's whole next level craziness in terms of you could walk around an entire world and never leave your four foot box that you yep. up on the ground I'll tell you my, uh, I have three, six, four, and two. And my four-year-old recently bought like $8,000 worth of things on Amazon because my husband leaves his computer open. Yes, he's four years old. And then my husband got a new phone and didn't delete it, everything off of it. So the phone still works because it's attached to the internet. It's now an iPhone, iPod instead of an iPhone, right? And uh, he's he's found the Amazon app and is still ordering more things. We had we've had to take away that we don't want we don't have TV in our house, so we had to remove the PlayStation so that he knew how to navigate the PlayStation and buy all these different Ryan videos. Like 
nothing again, you know, nothing against Ryan's world or anything, but there's so much that that platform offers that just sucks the kids in and doesn't give them the opportunity to then go explore um, themselves. And so parents, when we're, if we're not paying attention and we have to be on top of things so significantly and make sure everything is locked down. And, and then you have these other families that don't necessarily follow that same uh, guidelines. And so the kids go to school and then they come back and complain that they don't have access to all this sugary food and they don't get to just play on their iPad whenever they want or, you know, play these video games and, and stuff like that. So it, it's, it's challenging to combat that societal difference when you're not uh, going with the grain in, in your family dynamic. Well, if I, if I can maybe add this from the psychology world, because I have seen so many people of all kinds and ages for so many years, I and I used to see a lot of teenagers. Mm. And so just to help parents out here, because I have had so many teenagers tell me, you know, oh, well, you know, my friend, his parents let him do whatever he wants and this and that and whatever. And so they'll go on about that. And then, and then they'll say, um, you know, although that my, you know, my mom or my parents or my dad or my, my parents don't necessarily do that. They will automatically then say right after that on their own without me saying anything, because I know they care and oh. they love me and that they, they, they know what's going on and they're doing something. Whereas the friend who I just said, you know, his parents do whatever they don't even know. They don't even know them. They don't really mm -hmm. spend time with them. Like, so the, the kids themselves, the teenagers, these are teenagers, because I think when you're younger, they don't kind of put it together. But as they become teenagers, they start kind of seeing and figuring this out. And I've had so many teenagers telling me that it's because I know my parents loved me and cared. And my That's other awesome. friend who was running loose didn't have that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that the fact that even though they can express their frustration of, I want what my friend has, right? I want the grass is greener on the other side. That's, that's a wisdom kind of statement that you get to know as you get older. Uh, and when, when you realize that the grass isn't greener on the other side, that I'm, I'm actually very well loved and cared for, um, then it just brings that ability to uh, grow in ways that the child who does not have the healthy attachment can grow exactly so and that's why you know again back to the fossil crates having things such as uh, the fossil crates in the home to be able to bond over my hope is to provide that to other families and other children and bringing those children into the home and at least giving them that bonding experience that they deserve as well um, I I've such enjoyed this conversation. Do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Actually, how can people find you? I'm definitely going to put all of your information in the show notes. Um, and Dr. Christie, if you'd like to share a little bit about your program or uh, what you're, what you're up to in the psychology world, I'm happy. Please do. So we can be found at fossilcrates.com mm -hmm. and we're on the various social media platforms as well. And one of the hopes that I personally always have is if someone goes and purchases a fossil crate or receives it as a gift, that they go to a museum at some point. Now with yeah. COVID times, museums have been on and off throughout the season. But the thought is these are truly museum grade because they're made by a museum that we sell to other museums and they put on display. So if they go and for instance, their local museum has a Spinosaurus, for instance, and this is the ultimate Spinosaurus versus T-Rex, two of the more popular dinosaurs, to go to be able to say, I have that, or that's my, that's my, I have that at home. And to see it, because this is still an atomization. One of the other 
travesties of the education system is the atomizing of information and the disconnect from the contextualization overall. So to see a claw in space is cool, but to see it on the end of a four foot long arm attached to a 50 foot long body that's maybe swimming, that allows them to take it to that next level of discussion with the family. So I hope that the fossil crate is is a springboard into just bigger discussions of all aspects of life and that, that are going on today. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like it as it's just a conversational piece. And I appreciate your taking the time to chat with us about it. Absolutely. And also I watched your video of you. I think Dr. Christie was recording it and you were talking about the dinosaurs in the, in the actual museum and you had another person in part of the video. That was really helpful to, to watch because people who may not have the opportunity to get to a museum for, you know, ex- especially with COVID, but for whatever reason that you're sharing at that experience as well. And I know it kind of, goes against the in-person, you know, bonding that we're really trying to convey here. But at least if there's not an option to go, um, then then they have that that wonderful information on your business like page. I wanted to make sure I pointed that out. That was really awesome and helpful. And then Dr. You're welcome. And then Dr. Christie, please. Well, uh, well, first I was gonna say, and that's, that's kind of when our, our tagline is bring the museum home. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's how this kind of got started, because all the museums were closed down. Um, so yes, if you can do something in person, that's great. Or even just to augment it with something else like mm. online type thing. So, right. um, okay. So, so for me, psychology wise, um, yeah, I, I do see a lot of clients, um, like I have private clients, I have group coaching clients. Um, and I think you mentioned it earlier. So I, I do still see my, the typical client I see is like a high stress professional, um, and, High stress professionals are, are uh, the kind of go synonymous. They go hand in hand. Um, and one of my specialties is helping to reduce anxiety. So I have you know, all these strategies and tips and techniques on how you can reduce anxiety in 10 minutes or less. So a lot of my clientele is the kind of the CEO, the executive, the entrepreneur. Um, I have a lot of doctors, like medical doctors. So that's been kind of my main clientele. But as you mentioned, um, I am starting a program to help other people in the helping profession, so other counselors and therapists, because I have been doing this for 20 plus years, and I've developed so many materials um, and a system mm-hmm. on how I've been able to do it over all these years. And so maybe somebody just kind of starting out or new, um, I'm having a group coaching program where I can they can have access to me, and then I'm actually going to kind of lend them my materials to use um, so that they don't so they I mean you're going to learn on your own but hey why don't you why don't you take advantage of somebody who's already been in the business for so long and then so they have that part to it and then I'm going to also kind of help with the how do they get their practice out there because same thing you know we're not taught business we're taught psychology we're not taught right have a business so in order to help people you have to be out there and you right you can know it so I can help with those strategies too and then connection and especially in a COVID world, but beyond that, in our profession, you know, we can't just talk about what we do with anybody because yep. of the confidential nature. So to have a group, so it's called the counselor's circle, because now you can have a group of like-minded professionals where you guys can talk and you can talk about what you actually do, like a big portion of your life is in your profession. Mm. Um, and then you can get best practices from everybody. So that's the program that I'm currently developing um, so that other therapists can have greater impact and freedom for themselves they can learn how to personalize a practice for how they want it to be because we also deserve to have the life that we want absolutely Um, 
and then connection with others. So that's what I'm focusing on. Yes. And you touched on so many different areas there, like the anxiety piece. I know everyone who's going to listen, especially the parents, a lot of the people that are followers are parents of that are also entrepreneurs. And usually the helping field is, is typically uh, the people that are attracted to the work that I do. Um, and so the, they're going to have the piece where they get to fill their ch- their child's shoes, right. And that bond with their child. And now they have that piece to fill with the 10, you know, reduce anxiety with the 10 minutes or less. And then even in their entrepreneurial world. So this has just been a fantastic connection with the two of you where it's such a, there's so many different pieces. This is going to be such a valuable uh, interview for so many people to listen to, because if they don't at least get one thing from it, then, you know, there's so much information here. How could you not get at least one thing that you can take action on right now and bringing it back to the overall message of you are in control. You have the opportunity to take this and make a change, small action, micro action action equals macro results, right? And so that's that's our, our main focus. Well, thank you very much for, for showing, coming and, and having this really wonderful conversation. It's been such a pleasure and I can't wait to see how this forms and, and transforms lives and, and people's homes. Thank you for having us. Absolutely, you're quite welcome.